Welcome everybody. Someone's gonna grab some more chairs in the back so you can sit down and stuff. Feel free to grab drinks. All the coffees, decaf, hot chocolate, tea, all that good stuff. Whoa, yes, Susie Cartwright up front. Danny, Darren, what's up? I know. I still haven't done it where I, I told everyone that I was gonna make the room kind of flip on the night of. You know what I mean? Like everybody always hates to sit in the front row. It's kind of like backseat of the bus kind of thing. Everybody likes to chill in the back. And I've, I still, I'm, I swear I'm gonna do it. It's been three years, but we haven't done it yet. When I sit up the room like this and then to start, all I do is grab the stool and walk to the back and make everybody flip their chairs, you know? So the people who are chilling in the back are suddenly in the front. Um, what? Do it now. <laughs> do it now. No, sorry, not tonight. Um, I threw this quote up here. So, you know, you guys can always, I always, I'm a big fan of having something else to look at or like pay attention to in case I'm really boring. But that's up here, Wayne Dyer. Anybody know who that is? That's what I was gonna ask. I don't know who that is. <laughs> who is it? No, should I? I should. Sometimes I reveal my ignorance like too fast. Okay. All right. I'm going to Google his books then. I found the quote and I was like, that's pretty sick. That's really good. His famous quote is, what I think about and think about, I bring about. Say that one more time. What I think about and what I think about, I bring about. Ooh, that's good. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. All right, Wayne Dyer, cool guy. We're like this, and there's the quote to pay attention to or look at. Um, couple of things. Keep the advice coming. The advice is, if you had to back up 5, 10, 15 years and give your younger self advice, what would you say to your younger self? We're going to use that. Your deadline is May 1st. I have to have that stuff by May 1st so I can use it in a talk during May, right? But send that to me, send it to philgallagher at experiencemoretolife.com, write it down, there's some stuff in the back, you can always pass it along. I've gotten some very interesting advice that we're gonna use in May at one of the talks, but your deadline is May 1st. Shift Happens, that's the series that we've been, this is the third installment of Shift Happens. Last time what we talked about was the idea of being in the middle. It was the idea of when you encounter someone else with a different point of view, right? Point A is over here, point B is over here, and we tend to think those are pretty much the only two views that exist. It's just how we operate as human beings. I was saying we should come to the middle and have genuine curiosity about the other point of view, and then you can always decide if you want to go back to point, point of view A, or if you want to switch to point of view B, or if you want to find some new place that exists in the weird middle. Because there's a million different points of view in between point A and point B. But they also, the other thing I wanted to point out about our last time was, you get to choose how you engage the other points of view. You're always in control of you. And that's about all you've got going for you sometimes, right? Like you're in control of yourself. And so I recently watched the movie Fight Club with my oldest son. I'm a huge, fan of the movie Fight Club. I'm not gonna endorse that one and say go see it, but I love it. I think it's great. We were watching it and there's this point in the movie, Fight Club is exactly what it sounds like. Like, 
It's a lot of crude language. It's a lot of guys beating up each other to find some kind of purpose and meaning. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> With that said, there's this point in Fight Club where he tells everyone who's a part of Fight Club that they have a homework assignment. And I'm going to give you a similar homework assignment. Now, Fight Club, he says this. You have to go start a fight with someone and lose. That's basically what he says. It's funny. One guy starts a fight with a priest, and he gets the priest to be physical. It's funny. I'm going to encourage you guys, on the heels of last week, to find someone who has a different point of view. I'm not looking at any of you while I say this. Find someone who has a different point of view, start a conversation with them, and let it just be genuine curiosity. That's it. You don't get to persuade them. You don't get to prove anything to them. You don't try to change their mind. Nothing. It's just genuine curiosity. For a lot of us, that actually means you lose <laughs> nowadays. That's, that's like what it is. You get into conversations and encounters with other people who have a different point of view simply to prove them wrong, shoot down their theory, or tell them why they're wrong and why you're right, and walk away feeling, I'm right, they're wrong. That's not the, uh, the, the purpose of this homework assignment, right? It's, it's just to have genuine curiosity, to learn more about them and why they see the way they see and where they come from. And, Obviously, they have a different point of view. Why? Who are they? Great. That's it. Leave it there. Okay? I'll remind you at the end of the night. Some of you aren't going to be happy with that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it anyway. All right. So anyway, back to the series. Shift happens. Our installment this week, this week is called Red Shift. Red Shift. Now, my wife and I just watched a comedian on Netflix with her parents. And his name is James A. Callister. A. Caster. James A. Caster. That was his name. James A. A. Caster. He's funny, man. Like, he's really, really funny. And he's got an accent, so it makes it that much better, right? Well, so, for the, yeah, for the first five minutes, you're, you realize I can't play on my phone and watch this. Like, I have to watch his lips move and I have to be engaged because I can't understand what this guy's saying. But he's very funny. And he did a small little twist on find a genie, rub the lamp, you get three wishes. What's your first wish? And he's like, you know, if you're alive and breathing pretty much, you know that everybody's first wish is what? Infinite wishes. Infinite wishes. Infinite wishes. That's like my first wish. And he was like, he's like, that's OK, but it's not clever enough for him. So he said his first wish is infinite genies, right? He's like, infinite genies. That solves like two of my problems. Like now, I get as many wishes as I want and more friends, like at the same time. Like that's like the way he tackles it. And when I heard him say that, and I was just thinking about the idea, you find a genie, and this genie is gracious enough to grant you three wishes, anything you want. And for the majority of us, that's just not good enough. What? How in the world is three wishes? Like, you can get anything you want. Just pick something. And then we go, no, I don't like that. How about infinite wishes? That's what I want, because three isn't good enough. 
And so tonight what we're going to kind of talk about is the fact that we see through this lens of not enough a lot. It's probably more pervasive than you even dare to think. This idea of not enough. So back in 1989, a guy named Stephen Covey wrote a best-selling book that probably some of you have read. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now in this book, he coined a term and it's called the abundance mindset or the abundance mentality. I was trying to look for other words than abundance and scarcity and I was like, none of them really hold up to those two words. So we're gonna stick with Stephen Covey's definitions and kind of what he coined out there. The abundance mentality he defined as a concept in which a person believes there are, uh, wait, 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 no, back up, back up, back up. He said, a concept in which a person believes there are enough resources and successes to share with others. Okay, I wanna say it once more because I stumbled on that. The concept in which a person believes there are enough resources and successes to share with others. He contrasts that with what he calls the scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset is founded on the idea that if someone else wins or is successful in a situation, that means you lose. One more time. Scarcity mindset founded on the idea that if someone else wins or is successful in a situation, that means you lose. Now the quick warning and kind of preface I want to put out there, this is not going to be a night where I tell you like, like you, you just think about it and you claim something or you know what I'm saying? Like I, I grew up underneath this like church that like talked about this thing called the prosperity gospel. And it was like, if you believe it, it'll happen, that kind of stuff. I just told someone tonight as they walked in, if I believe it, it'll happen. And I kind of smiled. smiled. I don't know what you think about that, but I just want to set it out there. Because someone in here is being like, oh, I already see where he's going. Don't do that to me, okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't pigeonhole me like that. Abundance versus scarcity. Two very distinct lenses through which we view our lives. Honestly, two very distinct lifestyles we end up living. It's almost like what Trisha, what like Wayne Dyer was talking about. You start seeing this way, you start thinking this way, you start acting this way, suddenly it becomes the reality in which you live. Now I'm gonna throw these words up here. We're just gonna put a giant A for abundance. I'm gonna put a giant S for scarcity. I want you to think scarcity. I want you to think uh, kids grabbing candy at a parade. Have you seen that? Yeah. All right. Uh, women trying to grab the bouquet at a bouquet toss at a wedding. Uh, Black Friday madness, the pictures we've all seen. I want you to be thinking of scarcity possibly along those lines. Stephen Covey, he describes it as a pie. And if you imagine life being a pie, it's not big enough for all of us. And the larger slice someone else takes, that means there's less for me, right? So abundance versus scarcity. 
I was going to ask if anybody has ever seen these two mindsets in action. If you've ever experienced them, if you've ever felt them yourself. And I'm talking about more than Debbie Downer or Negative Nancy. Like, it's not pessimism. Scarcity is more than that. But I was wondering if you guys could maybe give me a list, if we could imagine how a person in this situation would think or behave, or like adjectives that might like be attached to this idea, abundance, as well as this idea of scarcity. Any ideas or like words you guys want to throw up here for me? Anything at all? Jealousy. Jealousy is over here. I hope so. Jealousy. Anybody else? You guys got them, I know. Paranoia. Paranoia? I like it. What? Giver, sharing abundance. Giver. Nice. More words. What? Gratitude. Gratitude? You can keep going while I'm turned around. Generosity, and there's the opposite. Stingy. I made a list. I'm going to throw some up there. But. I think with abundance, I would say they're others-focused, and scarcity can tend to be very self-focused. I'm even going to put the word us. Uh, me, put the word I. Fear under scarcity. Fear. So if I want to put fear over here, I'm going to put trust over here. Limited and unlimited. Ooh. <laughs> I was just seeing if you guys are paying attention. You guys are so quiet tonight. It's killing me. I feel like I want to launch into like some kind of stand-up routine just to get some laughs. Um, <laughs> Limited, unlimited. Confidence. Over here. <laughs> Confidence. <laughs> My card did that. All right, lack of confidence. Positive, negative. Positive, negative. Nice. Positive, negative. I'm going to put up just a couple of words. I like this other's word. I'm going to say togetherness. Over here, I'm going to say separateness. Greediness. What was that? Greed? Greediness. Greediness. I'm going to put over here shrinking. Small. I'm going to put over here big. Expanding. This seems more inclusive, whereas this seems more narrow. Like, I wrote down a lot of words. I wrote down enough, more than enough, peace, um, growing, open. I also put down the word for. I'll also put the word against. Those are big ones for me. I did a talk one time on the word forness, right? Forness. And the idea that in my opinion, like scarcity is almost against that. This is kind of like a destructive competition, right? But if you're, you know, what came to my mind is someone who doesn't have enough food, doesn't have enough 
shelter doesn't have a home, all of a sudden they just got to, not that everybody does in that yeah. position, sometimes people will share the smallest, but that's where the, I, I got to have that little blanket. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, when you find yourself in that position. And that's why I think we need more and more people living from this perspective and this position and this point and this viewpoint and this lens. On the scarcity, you can put down the phrase zero sum. It means no matter what you do, it's not going to get any better. Oh, nice. 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 So we've got a good list. I like this. Long time ago, I was doing a, a talk like this somewhere, and I shared this video of this guy who had traveled the world and been to like so many countries. And he had this camera with him that he held out on a stick, and he shot himself doing all these kind of crazy things. And, and I showed the video because I knew that people had like this happy song, and I knew that people would be like, oh, that's such an amazing video. And it kind of inspires you. You're like, I want to travel the world. I want to go all these crazy places. And I was sitting next to this guy while I was showing it. And I was just about to drop the bomb on everybody. It was about four and a half minutes long. And I, I mentioned to him, he was like, this is pretty inspiring. And I'm like, or it's like one endless giant selfie. Like, that's all it was. He was in the center every time. His face was always the biggest. People were behind him. And I was like, this is a four and a half minute selfie. That's what it was. And then he was like, Oh yeah, what a douche. And like, and I was, but just seconds ago, he was like super inspired, you know? And so is everybody. And so I kind of dropped the bomb and was like, look at this video. Look how he's always like in the center. Look at this. And for me, scarcity definitely puts yourself as the focus, takes it off of others. It kind of puts you right in the center. I remember growing up in a, in a pretty conservative church culture, and I remember coming into contact with other ideas and other points of view, and I feel like it was like 15-ish years ago, I was like, you know what? My concept and idea of God seems really small, narrow, and limited. It almost seems based off of like a mindset or a lens like this. And I remember kind of throwing in the towel and being like, okay, no, 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 no. I, I need God to be bigger. I need to, God to be more expansive. I need God to be more beautiful than I can possibly imagine. This needs to get bigger for me. I remember my wife buying a, a frame and hanging it on her room. She took French. And she found this and she was like, oh, I really like it. And she put it up and I was like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and, Oh, it's Italian. <laughs> there you go. Man. I didn't buy it for the <laughs> All these years, I, I rarely look at this thing. And it's up there. I love the, the I, I am so, no. I have no clue. It could be to me. Languages escape me. I'll tell you what. I know it's not Spanish. I took Spanish. Yeah, it's Greek to me. <laughs> Good one, James. So this Italian phrase <laughs> is hanging on our wall. How did you know it? I saw it online somewhere, and I liked the quote, so I don't know. Awesome. Does anybody know what this, this says? Any Italian speakers in the room? Love is in there, yes. The love that moves the sun 
and the other stars. About 15 years ago, I traded in like my scarce, kind of limited, small, narrow concept of God for this. The love that moves the sun and the other stars. Now, I believe that underneath it all, there is a love that moves the sun and the other stars. You know? That allows me to accept this kind of lens a whole lot more. To kind of like slowly inch my way from over here towards this view of the world. From atoms and cells to black matter to like you to me, I think beneath the surface, just underneath it all, nudging us forward, inviting us forward, there is love and abundance. It's almost hardwired into the very fabric of existence. All of this gift of life is rooted in love. Now, that's why I love the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Honestly, like, I know, Carrie's shaking her head at you, like, what did you just do? Like, I love the Big Bang Theory, this idea that, like, there was some kind of explosion and everything's been set in motion and it's growing and expanding and moving. Now, shift happens, red shift. The reason why I titled this talk tonight Red Shift is because Edwin Hubble, yes, the astronomer, the guy who we named the telescope after, he found that like when he was looking at the stars and the universe and galaxies, that galaxies have this light that is emitted from the red end of the spectrum. Not the blue end, because that would be blue shift. Blue shift means it's coming closer together, it's moving toward one another, it's actually contracting and getting smaller. But he noticed that galaxies have a red shift. That the very fabric of space is expanding and growing. I love that. I love that. I love that that's hardwired into our nature, into our existence, into our story, because that means our story's a big one and it's getting bigger. Like it's constantly expanding and gr growing. And in my opinion, scarcity seems to kind of be against that flow. It's, it kind of is the opposite. It's like, wait a minute, let's get smaller. Let's get like more limited. Let's get more narrow. Let's contract. Let's become stifling almost. That's what scarcity can feel like. Seeing through that lens can permeate your life and it can really rub off on you. Scarcity and abundance. I'm sure like when we started talking about this, you probably along the way have thought about someone. You've probably thought about someone who reflects one or both of those mindsets. Someone who you can be around and they almost bring life out of you. And they create growth and they nurture your person. And then you've also been around someone who does the exact opposite. And they cause you to shrink and contract. And it's almost like they rob you of that kind of life. Chances are good, if you've ever seen through the lens of scarcity, you know what that feels like. Chances are also good, you probably see through that lens in one or more area of your life. You probably do. I don't know if you guys want to throw out any areas. I'm going to mention three, 
right? And you can be thinking about like all the areas as I talk. First one is simply this, success and achievement. Oh my gosh. Scarcity and abundance. Ann and I just watched a documentary last week or a week and a half ago that's called Take Your Pills. It's about Adderall. Adderall, Ritalin, very similar drugs. Um, there was this girl that they followed. She was talking about going through college right now. She was talking about how she had to keep up. And with her sports and her schedule and all of life, she wasn't diagnosed with, any, with anything, but she ended up starting to take Adderall. And she just kept saying, like, it, it keeps me in the game. It keeps me ahead. It allows me to do what I have to do. And otherwise, like, I'm not going to get the grade I need. I'm not going to get the job I need. They interviewed so many people. And while we watched this documentary, all you could think was, oh my gosh, slow down, everybody, chill. Just rest a little bit. But everyone in this documentary is functioning off of this lens and this mindset of scarcity. I'm never going to be able to get the job I need to get. I'm never going to have the things I need to have. I'm never going to be able to achieve what I need to achieve. Even with the Adderall, like things still didn't work out. Things still fell short. It was this crazy lens through which I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to be able to succeed. I'll never get there. Someone else is going to take it. There was this one guy who was actually working at this like law firm, and he started taking it because he's like, everybody else is taking it, and if I don't take it, I'm gonna lose my job. I simply can't keep up. I can't work the 70 hours a week that I need to work. So here we go, right? This kind of destructive competition that pushes us to this crazy place in life. Whether it's school, whether it's jobs, whether it's simply life, achievement and success. Scarcity says, it's not enough. You'll never be there. It'll never be enough, right? Second one is money, <laughs> earned or saved. I don't care how you look at it, right? <laughs> like, all of us are looking around. And I told Anne, I, I tried this past year to say, you know, what, you know what, whatever I make, that's enough. That's enough. I want to live from that space, right? Like, I want to be able to live from that space and be like, I don't really need any more. Regardless of how much more I make, it goes away somehow. I don't even know how that happens, right? Like, we're all at different income levels, but somehow it's all just, it's gone. You're like, what just happened? I thought I made 10 grand more this year. What? It's gone. I made less before and like, it didn't feel it. Like, what is happening with the money thing? I officiate a lot of weddings. And I had this bride contact me, and, and we set this day out in advance, as brides like to do. And it's out there. And then when we finally got there, I hadn't followed up with her to collect my deposit, right? I require that 14 days in advance, just so you guys know. <laughs> what? Balance. Yeah, balance. Oh, sorry, did I say, yeah, deposit. Yeah, I meant the balance. 14 days in advance, I'm like, hey, pay up. And I hadn't done that with her. We're nine days out, she writes me an email, and she says, hey, not sure this is gonna happen. Uh, my dad's sick, and I really need him to be there and be a part of this ceremony. 
So I start writing back and forth with her. I'm not telling Ann because I didn't want to discuss this. <laughs> anyway, and yeah, bad move. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, no worries, just let me know. You know what I mean? We get to like five days. She's like, we're coming. It's great news. Blah blah blah. We get to four days. She's like, we're not coming. Horrible news. Like it was this constant back and forth, back and forth. And then I remember mentioning it to Ann. And just saying, you know what? I have, I have to refund her. I, I can't ask for the rest of this. Like I have to figure out a way. And normally, like when it comes to like my little world of business, I'm over here a lot. Take every job I can get. Why? I don't know if there's going to be more, and I need to make enough. I'd like to make more, right? Like, so, hey, like, grab all of it. Grab it before someone else can get it. Hey, if someone needs a refund, I don't know, man. That money's kind of mine, and I don't know that I can spare it. I don't know that I can give that back. I don't know that I can make this happen. And in this choice, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to pay. I completely understand. I'm going to take a perspective over here. And I'm going to like accept this larger story and I'm going to try to make it more about us and less about me. And I'm just going to try and take this small step. Don't blow this up and say like everybody deserves a refund all the time. Don't do that. You know what I mean? But all of us are going to have to take small steps and small inches toward a perspective that gives us life, a perspective that opens us up, a perspective that allows us to grow and become more. And sometimes that's not always easy. The third area of life is time. Money and time. None of us ever have enough, I feel like, right? Like if you honestly ask people, like what would make your life different, better? What would you change if you could? Normally money and time kind of rise to the top. Everybody wants like three more hours in the day. And it's been 24 hours forever, right? Like that's never ever changed but we're always hoping for more. So we're doing with less sleep. Or we're compensating in unhealthy ways sometimes. Time. Like, scarcity would say time is a thief. Time is a thief, pretty much. Like robbing you of certain things and there's, and there's never gonna be enough. Over here, abundance, and this is like the big push right now, be present, right? Be mindful. Like, try to figure that out. When I think of time on the scarcity side, I think of the word hustle that, like, became popular, I feel like, in the last year or so. And I was like, I hate that word. I can't, I don't even like what people are like, oh, yeah, I'm doing the hustle. I'm going to hustle. I'm like, whoa. No, 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 no. Like, that just makes my blood, like, boil. It does. Seriously, I can't handle it. Like the word hustle, it's crazy. This idea of there's never enough time and I'm just going to have to put in more and I'm going to have to go for it. I'm going to have to burn the candle at both ends. I'm just going to have to make it happen. I have tried to quit caffeine like millions of times. And when I do, I'm really grumpy and I'm also really tired. Like, and for some reason, I know, who knew? And it's so funny because like 
then I like, I'm like, oh no, man, I need caffeine, you know? And it like puts me back up and I'm like, why can't I live without that stuff? It was like a week ago, I was living so frantic. And I was going from one thing to the next, just making myself miserable. Never being with anybody, never really enjoying the day. Just one thing after another. How much can I cram in? How much can I make happen? Where do I have to go to next? Until finally you hop into bed and you pass out, right? Because you're done drinking caffeine for the day and like you know you have to do this thing and close your eyes and like be like, okay, and then I'll wake up the next day. We see through one of these lenses, we assess the world, we judge it, we act accordingly, we live until it becomes our reality. And I would encourage you, if you're seeing more and more through this lens, you need a red shift. You need a red shift. You need this thing to open up and slowly click your way over here to the abundance side. When it comes to this issue of like success and achievement, here, I'll just tell you right now, you're enough. You can take that with you. Like you're enough. I'm not saying you don't have to want and desire more things, but man, you don't have to continue to fight and wear yourself down until you're ragged when it comes to success and achievement. What if we could start to believe that there is enough, maybe even more than enough? I've already mentioned I grew up in the Christian tradition, and most of the time there are these stories in the Bible that people love to point to and say, like, they love to tell you how supernatural it was and how like crazy it was. And there are some of those stories in there. They're cool. I mean, we just celebrated Easter. Hey. Now, there's this one story in there that talks about God bringing these people bread. Just kind of like making it appear. That's pretty cool. Like when I grew up, everybody focused on that kind of stuff. I love this part in the story where it actually says that God told them that there would be enough for everyone. So he made bread appear, but he said there would be enough for everyone. So go and collect it up and gather it, but only take what you need, right? There will be more than enough for everyone. And the people who did take more than they needed, it said that like maggots came and like rotted it away. And like when I look at that story, it's this story of, hey, 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 settle down, <laughs> chill out, slow down, stop all the destructive competition. There's going to be more than enough. Share, give, focus on others, be together in this, practice some gratitude and generosity, understand that you can have peace and understand that this story is big and it's continually expanding. So when it comes to success, what if we could look around and what if we could say, oh yeah, no, 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 no. There are other people. And I think one of the things you can do to recognize that there are other people and they can have success and that that's okay, one of the things I would encourage you to do is to celebrate their successes. Celebrate their successes, create those moments. Don't wait for them to happen. You be the instigator. Celebrate those people. 
celebrate them and watch what you say. Because <laughs> like sometimes this thing gets away from me, I can tell you. Like something happens and the next thing I know I'm like saying something about something good that happened for someone else. And it's like, wait a second, what lens am I living and seeing the world through right now? That's crazy. You can compliment others. Go for that one. I am always amazed when I see someone random complimenting a stranger. I love it. I don't really do it, but like I see other people do it. And I think it's really cool. And I feel like it's one of those things that inches you towards this view. I was standing in a subway line once, for God's sakes. And I am like already viewing through the scarcity lens with time. And I'm like, all right. I hate those lines, the ones that make you like wind around. And like I'm standing there, I get up to the front, I'm next in line and this guy is in front of me and he's telling the guy behind the counter to make the craziest sandwich. Like, I was like, this is out of control. I know when they say like, you can pile it on and do stuff, this guy was taking it way too far. He was like, yeah, put his piece of cheese on there. Another piece, another piece. All right, yeah, all right, tomatoes, more, more. You know, and it was like every little step down the line. And I, there was only one poor guy working back there. And then he got to the end, and then he looked at this guy, and he was like, man, thanks for making my sandwich. <laughs> you did a good job making, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna love this sandwich. And he started like complimenting him like that, and I'm like, this is crazy. But like, seriously, compliment other people. Celebrate other people's successes. It doesn't mean there's less to go around. It really doesn't. We like to think we know how the world works. We just like to say that. Then there's this way of how the world really works, I believe, and that we're really in this together, and that your success is my success. Right? Two. When it comes to the, the area of money and finances and earned or saved, practice giving. Practice giving. Start in small ways. You can respond to tragedies. We have plenty of those around us. Respond by giving when you find yourself looking through this lens of scarcity when it comes to money and finance. Find a way to practice gratitude. Some people like to keep a journal even, and that helps them see more abundantly when it comes to their finances and just the world at large. For the third area of time, I would just say be present. One of the things that we like to do in our family is we actually like to sit at the table. Food tastes better there. I don't know. It's weird, right? That was a joke, but like... <laughs> It really does. It tastes better. Like, and you're with people and you have to slow down. You're like forced to. Try to be present with other people. And you've got to find ways to make that happen. I know with myself, when it comes to time, that's one of the hardest things to see through the lens of abundance for me. And sometimes what I have to do is I have to make time for other people even when it seems scarce. Even when it seems to, I have to go against all of my feelings and what I'm thinking about that day and how rushed I feel, and I just have to do it. 
almost always afterwards, I'm so thankful I did. I'm so thankful I stopped. I'm so thankful I slowed down. Most of the time, I don't even want to go back to work after that. And that's lunch, you know? So like, that's, that can be rough sometimes. You're like, no, I just want to enjoy this day, you know, because I slowed down. But try to find a way to make time. If you're viewing it through that lens, you've got to figure out a way to slow down, to be present, and just make it work. Now, I'm telling you guys this, and I get that it's not easy. I, I 100% get that it's not easy. This is not a fast shift. This skinny little line here, it looks so easy to jump over from like scarcity to abundance. But most things take at least like 10 years, you know? <laughs> Do you remember 10 years ago when no one trusted online dating? Like seriously, like side note, no one trusted online dating 10 years ago. It was like you met someone online and it was like, whoa, what do you know about that person? You don't know anything. Now, if you meet someone in person, like at a bar, people are like, whoa, what do you know about that person? You're like, you have to go online and figure it all out, you know? It's like a complete, 10 years does a lot, right? 10 years does a lot. Like 10 years ago, no one was taking pictures of their food. No one. <laughs> 10 years ago, no pictures of your food. Fast forward 10 years, pictures of your food. Like all day long, right? This might be a very gradual shift for you. You might be able to really highlight certain areas of your life where you say, I definitely see through that lens when it comes to fill in the blank. But you can't expect to make this change very quickly. None of us change fast. And when we're forced to, it really hurts and it kind of makes us a little aggravated and frustrated. But this is a change that's worthwhile, 100%. I once had someone ask me, I'm gonna throw this out there, they were like, why are you a Christian? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't really like that term, but <laughs> like, no, but like, seriously, I, I, I do love God and I love other people and I really feel like I do that because it makes my life worthwhile. Like living is that much richer, that much fuller, that much deeper, that much better. It has nothing to do with like after I die and stuff. It doesn't. Now, when it comes to abundance and scarcity, I'm not saying, hey, live over here because everything works out. Live over here in the abundance area because, like, you know, stuff really comes together over here for you. Or it's super easy. I'm just saying when you live from this perspective, somehow life seems deeper, deeper richer, fuller. It just has this kind of lure to it when you step over there. It's not the fear, it's not the panic, it's not the jealousy, it's not the scarcity mindset. And it has a lot of peace to it. I notice when my days don't have that kind of peace. Now with that said, I do wanna throw out a fourth one just really quickly because we've got time. Love, friendship, acceptance, belonging. A lot of us operate off of the mentality. There's not enough love to go around. And you kind of feel that sometimes. You can feel that between friends, like you get pretty jealous over each other. 
You can feel that sometimes just with yourself. I always told myself growing up, no one would ever love me if they really knew me, right? You know, like when it comes down to it, who's got that much love to give? And sometimes we live in that kind of a mindset when it comes to love, acceptance, belonging, friendship. I just want to ask you, especially in that area, please shift. Please. Please take the small steps, the small clicks. I envision it a lot like on an amplifier, zero to 10. And like every year, I'm just clicking one notch up, you know, like in some areas. And then it's to two. Maybe I'm to three in this area, maybe I'm to 10 in that area, or even 11 if you're a fan of Spinal Tap. But it's like, yeah, right? All right, good. But you're clicking your way up to kind of that abundance mindset. So there is enough love. I'm going to encourage you that we all need to see from a different place rather than scarcity. We need a different lens. We need to see the gift of life and how there's more than enough and live in the reality of abundance. I've got one thing to read to you before I kind of let you go. This is from an excerpt called the Monastery Blog, and I read this a long time ago at Immortal Life. I'm just gonna highlight just a few sections for you. This was a post probably that put her on the map. She said, I think comparison and competition exist partly because we believe that there is a scarcity of good things in the universe. And that belief makes us kind of small and scared and unable to feel true joy for others or peace for ourselves. When a friend mentions that she's received a promotion at work, her son won an award at school, or she's just bought her third vacation home, or recently lost 10 pounds, how does that make you feel? I know we say we feel happy for her, but how do we really feel? I think sometimes we really feel a little panicked, like a determined bride at one of those terrifying Fleeing basement wedding dress sales. We feel like our friend's news means that now we have to run a little faster, push a little harder, and get more aggressive in general. Because if our friend is getting extra money, approval, admiration, that must mean there are fewer of those things left over for us. And how do we feel when one friend gossips about another friend? I know you probably don't respond this way because you're lovely, but a little secret part of me always thought, score. Less respect for gossip victim, more respect for me, right? Like an author I love once wrote, some of us believe that there, there is a cosmic pie and a bigger piece of goodness for you means a smaller piece for me. Scarcity though is a lie. And the truth is that there is enough to go around. I want the best for you. I really, really want you to have everything you've ever dreamed. A person who believes that the bigger I help you become, the bigger I become is tapping into abundance. The happier I help you become, the happier I become, the more successful, fulfilled, and, and healthy I help you become, the more successful, fulfilled, and healthy I become. And then she says, so let's get started, right? Abundance versus scarcity. Which lens do you see through? 
how can you take steps toward abundance? Until next time, may your senses be heightened to all that is present in this gift of life. May your perspective be ever-changing, growing, and expanding. May you see the world through the lens of abundance and experience the red shift. May you find rest in the love that moves the sun and the other stars. Amen. All right. That's almost the last installment of Shift Happens. The next talk, I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm just going to throw it out there for you. It's called Not a Dick. <laughs> I'm serious. The next talk, I've been thinking about this one for a while, and I've been telling it in, and I told some of my high school students. The next talk is called Not a Dick. And it all stems from this time when I was interacting with an individual, and they literally told me, thanks for not being a dick. And I was like taken back by that phrase. I was like, this is very interesting. I'm going to develop a talk around this. Now, it's going to be really good. I'm not kidding. It's going to be a great talk. So I encourage you to come two weeks from tonight, April 20th. 24th. Oh, yeah, 24th. And the news is we're going to be at the French Creek Clubhouse on the 24th. This room was occupied. We couldn't get it. April 24th. It's like a while. We've got to get through spring break for us finally and all that kind of stuff. But April 24th, we'll be at the French Creek Clubhouse. Fill out some advice for me. And don't forget to get into a conversation and lose. Right? Lose.